This is Law for Community Workers, a podcast for community and health workers produced by Legal Aid New South Wales. My name is Pauline and I'm with the Community Legal Education Branch here in Legal Aid New South Wales and we would like to acknowledge that our podcast is recorded on Aboriginal land and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Always was, always will be. Today, our guest is Alex from the Employment Law Team here in Legal Aid New South Wales, who is sharing information about the Employment Law Team and also talking us through issues people face with casual employment or holiday season hiring. Hi, Alex. Hi, how are you going, Pauline? I'm good. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, your role and what you like most about it? Sure, sure. So as you said, I'm, I'm Alex. I'm part of the Employment Law Team. So it's a specialist team within the civil law division of of legal aid. I'm a solicitor in that team. I've been with legal aid for around nine years, but with the employment team for around seven years. In terms of my current role, the things that I like most, uh, probably first and foremost, the fact I get to work with with such a fantastic team of employment lawyers that know so much each day, but also to be able to provide advice and assistance that can make a real impact to clients' lives. And we know employment is such a crucial part of, of everyday life connected to housing, food, and so on. And so it's really important work that we do. And so I enjoy it lots. So who would be your target clients and are there any eligibilities to access employment law advice in Legal Aid? Aside from obviously Legal Aid New South Wales priority clients, the employment law team has specific priority clients and, and they uh, there's, there's a few groups. So migrant workers, those particularly tied to working visas, low income workers, which at the moment is classified as less than $80,000. So that captures quite a lot of people. Older workers, which for our purposes is over 65 and younger workers under 24. We also do a lot of unlawful discrimination, um, including sexual harassment. And we also provide a range of areas on unfair dismissal, advice on a range of areas, unfair dismissal, general protections, underpayment, wages and entitlements. Excellent. And what would be the best way for community workers to refer their clients or should people self-refer or can they do that? Yeah, so, I mean, people can call up Law Access themselves. Um, That's probably the best way at the moment. And Law Access would just speak to them and arrange if they're eligible to put them into the system to be contacted by one of our LSOs. That's obviously something a community worker can do as well. But you could also call a legal aid office and that would be also a way of making an appointment. But generally, the best way at this time is to call or access and make the appointment that way. Does the employment team have an, a newsletter or an e-alert that people can subscribe to? We don't have a newsletter or e-alert. We have uh, a range of CLE that we're planning over the next 12 months. I mean, there's this podcast, but we're planning on doing more podcasts around employment law, particularly now. There's new industrial relation laws which have come out, uh, some already, some in 2023, including increases to small claims division and, and the Fair Work Commission being empowered to resolve disputes about flexible work. So there's a lot of change, probably the biggest change in employment law in a very long time. So I think the next 12 months is going, we're going to be looking at doing a, a, some CLE to the community, both through mechanisms like the, the, the podcast, which is great. So keep a lookout for that. Should people keep an eye out on uh, Legal Aid social media for updates on when the CLE or the podcasts are coming out? Yeah, definitely. We'll make sure that we we are arranged to have those posted uh, when they, when we're talking to the community or there's any opportunity for people to get more information or learn more about different areas of employment law. I mean, today we're talking about casual work, um, but there's a range of, of things that we'd love, love to talk to you about. 
Today, you're going to speak to us about a very specific topic, which is casual hiring or when people get employed specifically for the holiday season. And we have a story for people to listen to, and then you're going to talk to us about it. So everyone lean in and get ready because here's Josie's story. Josie has just finished her university semester. She needs some extra money for the holiday period, so has started looking for some casual work. Josie spotted an advertisement on Gumtree and called up the owner of Sydney Fine Fresh Fish, which operates in the retail section of the fish market. The business owner, Mark, has offered her a job in SFFF. As she is going to be working during the busy holiday period, Mark told Josie that she will have to work long hours both early morning and late nights as well as on the weekends. Mark explains to her there is no guarantee of ongoing work and he will just message her when there is a shift available. Mark didn't give Josie a written contract. Mark tells Josie that she would be paid in cash in hand $20 per hour for the work she will do. Josie starts the work and on the first few weeks is paid cash in an envelope at the end of the week by Mark. Mark does not provide any payslip or record of payment to Josie. Josie really enjoys her work at the fish market and has made some friends. They all agree to meet up and have an end of year work party. At the party her co-worker James tells Josie that she looks hot and he would like her to go back with him for a drink at his apartment afterwards. The comments made Josie feel uncomfortable and she left the party shortly after. After a few days, Josie makes a complaint to Mark about the behaviour of the other employee. Mark tells her he will speak to this employee. After this discussion, Josie stopped getting shifts at Sydney Fine Fresh Fish. It has been a number of weeks since Josie has worked at the fish markets and the holidays are coming to end. Josie is still owed money from her work. She is about to go back to university for the next semester, but is unsure what to do. Okay, so that was Josie's uh, experience. So what stands out for you in her story and what's the first thing you would address with that sort of situation? Often when a client comes to us, they, they often don't know if they're a casual employee or a permanent employee or what the nature of their employment is. So I think it's important for people to understand what is a casual employee. And so that is the first thing that jumps out there. So so just so everyone, a person is a casual employee. If they accept an offer for a job from an employer and they know that there's no, the, the legal term is no firm advance commitment to ongoing work with an agreed pad. So for example, if an employee is employed as a casual, um, their roster changes each week to suit the needs of the employer. They could refuse shifts or they could swap shifts. That could mean that they are casual. So under the, under the Fair Work Act, a person is casual if they're offered a job the offer of the job doesn't include an, a firm advance commitment that there'll be continued indefinite pattern of work and they accept that offer knowing that. So in the case of Josie, she's clearly offered a job with no firm advance commitment that it will be ongoing. It's, you know, the holiday period. And so it's clear in those circumstances that it's not likely to be a permanent job because it's no, there's no firm advance commitment. So, Alex, what would be the difference between casual and full-time or part-time permanent? So, full-time and part-time permanent employees have an advanced commitment to ongoing employment. So, this advanced commitment is the, is the key concept. They expect to get the same hours each week. If you're permanent part-time, it would be less than the full-time hours, which is 38 hours a week. But 
whatever it is, they guarantee that each week. But as a casual, you don't get that guarantee. So that's that. That is um, the major difference. Casual employees also get a number of other things under the National Employment Standards. So in the Fair Work Act, they, they get two days unpaid carers leave, two days unpaid compassionate leave, five days unpaid family domestic violence leave, and unpaid community service leave. So they do get some entitlements, but as a casual employee, you don't get things like uh, paid annual leave. You don't get things like paid sick leave that you get as a permanent employee, but, and we'll talk about that in in a bit in Josie's scenario, the rate of pay reflects that. So casuals have what's called a casual loading in their rate, which allows them to get a higher rate of pay to almost offset the fact that they don't get those entitlements. Do you deal with a lot of these matters similar to Josie's when it comes to casual work? Uh, Definitely. I mean, not just around the holiday period all the time. Casual work makes up a significant part of our economy, right? So casual employees often come to us. I mean, we do weekly advice clinics and I'd comfortably say several appointments each clinic are with a casual employee that has an issue either with pay or termination. So if you're looking at Josie's scenario, just to, to go back to that, she's being paid $20 per hour, right? Cash in hand for the work that she's done. Now, that to me would trigger a few things. I think firstly, she's paid cash in hand and secondly, $20 an hour sounds quite low. So... How do we figure that out? Well, obviously, if someone in that circumstance, they might want to speak to the Fair Work Ombudsman and ask them, tell them what they do, what award they're covered under. So awards cover different industries and and have different rates of pays at different levels for different skill sets. And they tell you what you should be paid for the work that you do. Now, she is working uh, early morning and late nights and on the weekend. So again, you know, there's there's pen- potentially penalty rates there as well that she should be getting. The, the fact is also people often assume that being paid cash in hand is, is illegal. It's not actually illegal as long as you're being paid the right amount and taxes being taken out and you're being given a payslip. Now, again, she's not getting payslips here. So often employees are not provided payslips by their employer, which is a breach of the Fair Work app. So payslips must be given to employees within one day of, of them being paid. They can be in paper or they can be in electro- electronic and they have to include a range of things. I, w- I mean, I won't go into the full list, but you know, as a minimum, it needs to have the pay period, the amount of pay, how much tax is taken out, the number of hours worked. There's specific laws around requiring uh, employers to provide pay slips and to provide lots of details with them. Where is a website where people can actually look and check what should be on their payslip? Can they look that up anywhere? Definitely. The Fair Work Ombudsman is, is the best place to quickly find out um, about what is specifically included on a, on a payslip. They have great information on their website as to requirements of the employer to, to provide payslips and what is on that, those payslips. Obviously, the Fair Work Act and Fair Work regulations include the specific laws and details about that, but, but the Fair Work Ombudsman have summarised that quite well on their website. So their website is www.fairwork.gov.au. Um, so that, that it is a great resource to find your award, find they've got a calculator to find your pay rate, they've got information on things like what should be in payslips and things like that. Excellent. We will have that link available for everybody in the show notes as well. Josie's story has got so many issues that she's dealing with. Can you clarify what those are and what would her options be? 
Definitely, Josie does have a number of issues. We've we've addressed the issues in terms of casual work and understanding what you should be paid and then understanding how you should be paid and what you should be given. The other issue that that comes up in this scenario is around the the party and the issue of sexual harassment. So sexual harassment is any unwanted or unwelcome sexual behaviour where a reasonable person would have anticipated the possibility that the person harassed would feel offended, humiliated, or intimidated. Now, this is is something that that Josie should definitely get advice on. We advise on this issue regularly, and this is also an opportunity to now give a bit of a plug to a new service that's going to come into legal aid in 2023 to the Civil Law Division, the Respect at Work Legal Service to deal with discrimination at work, especially matters involving sexual harassment. So a new area has been set up to, to give advice on unlawful discrimination at work, but particularly matters involving sexual harassment. So if these kind of issues come up for people in the community, um, we would really strongly recommend people get advice and we'll have a new service. We can give that advice in the employment team, we, we do, but now we even have a, a targeted team for, the, for these issues. In terms of what she could do, if she came for advice, there, there are forums that deal with sexual harassment complaints, the Human Rights Commission, Australian Human Rights Commission, and the Anti-Discrimination Board of New South Wales. Now, their time limits are 24 months for the Human Rights Commission and 12 months for the Anti-Discrimination Board. So if someone comes to you and the, the example of sexual harassment or the experience of sexual harassment is something from from a period ago, in some circumstances, uh, there's still an opportunity to lodge that complaint. And that's something, that's why we say it's really important for people to get advice sooner rather than later on on any issue, whether it's the pay or whether it's a matter like this. So the process of taking legal action against your boss or your ex-boss, it looks pretty intimidating. Would you walk us through the process? Sure. So... From the perspective, we, we, we'll use the example of, of the fact she was paid $20 per hour and she's owed some owed some money. So if Josie came to, to Legal Aid, we'd give her some advice about rates of pay and what she may have been paid. If she's done the calculations and figured it out, that's fantastic. If she hasn't, that's all right. That's something we can assist with, but that's also something the Fair Work Ombudsman can assist with. And sometimes people are able to assist themselves and do the calculations. Once you figured out how much you've owed, often a good step in, with him is to contact the employer directly and, and, and request the money, which is formally known as a letter of demand. Sometimes that can resolve the problem. Sometimes it doesn't. If it doesn't, then the next step, unfortunately, is, is to take the matter to court. But that's, you know, there is a division set up called the small claims division for, for matters such as likely Josie would only be owed a smaller amount of money for people to represent themselves. So these jurisdictions, their, their, their default position is that people represent themselves. So they're set up for that. And so it may be daunting, but there are steps along the way and there's a lot of help. And that's where people like Legal Aid, uh, the Fair Commonsman can come in to help with with the process, with different steps along the way. So when people do decide to take that step and to pursue legal action against an employer, whether it's for wages or for treatment or bullying or anything like that, what's Legal Aid's role? How, how far along the process are you with the client? That's a great question, Pauline. Um, we provide assistance across different 
levels just through either advice, minor assistance, uh, extended legal assistance or a full grant of aid. Now, what that means is that we could do something as simple as just giving you the advice, telling you you have a right to your pay slips or telling you you have a right to uh, request your records, something as simple as that just in an advice clinic or pursue unfair dismissal within 21 days. Then it can be extend a little further to what's called minor assistance where we write a letter for you to your employer. Then it can extend a little bit further to that uh, in what's called extended legal assistance. Say someone's been unfairly dismissed um, and they meet the the eligibility requirements, which the, the solicitor will discuss with the person in the appointment for us to represent you in draft your unfair dismissal and represent you at conciliation. And then, for example, let's keep using that matter. If the matter doesn't settle and needs to go to a hearing, if the, if the client is eligible for a full grant of aid, um, subject to, to the tests that, that are applied, then we could actually represent them at the unfair dismissal hearing. So there is a wide range of scope for us to provide assistance at, at different levels, depending on the ability, depending on the means, depending on the merit of the matter. So, you know, it's possible that someone could come to us and they're owed a lot of money and legal aid will be able to take that matter from the start to the finish. For other people, it might be we only may be able to give them some advice and information. So it all depends on the circumstance. So what's the one thing you would like anyone who's been hired as a casual or is thinking of taking on a casual role to know? I'm going to be a bit cheeky and mention two things. If you hire as a casual, I think it's important from the start to be aware of what the rates of pay for your work should be. So what I mentioned before, and I'll mention again, speak to the Fair Work Ombudsman or you could even speak to Legal Aid about what your classification is, what your award is, what you should be paid for working on the weekend, what you should be paid for working during late hours or early morning. This is stuff that you can get from the Fair Work Ombudsman, so you don't need necessarily to have an appointment, but I think it's important from the outset to know what you're entitled to as a casual, what are your rights. And then following on from that, and a big thing that we often see is lack of, of records of the hours worked. It may be you know, important, it is important for employees to keep good records of the hours so that if there are any issues later on of the hours that you work, that you have those there. The Fair Work Commonsman, I believe, still has an, a, a, an app for keeping those, but it could be something as simple as writing it in your notes on your phone or writing it on a piece, in a, in a diary. I think those two things would be, I mean, if you came and saw us and we had your rates and we had the hours you worked and then we saw what you were paid, it, it be, makes it a lot easier for the, for the client to be able to assess their underpayment and also to know from the start whether they're not being underpaid whether, you know, from the first week or so. You don't want to have to come 12 months later and realize that you're owed a significant sum of money because it will be harder. Like like all legal issues, as we say, you know, you try and get rid of it before it grows to something that's quite big and more difficult to take on. Thank you so much for taking the time for us today, Alex, and for sharing the Legal Aid New South Wales employment law team with us. Thanks, Pauline. It's been great. So just everyone remember, if you need advice or you're, you're, you see someone in the community that needs advice, please refer them to Law Access and, and, and get into our advice clinics and get advice early. Keep in mind the Respect at Work legal service that's starting in 2023 um, around unlawful discrimination and, and particularly sexual harassment. And keep a lookout for more CLE from the employment team in 2023. Um, it's a big year for employment law and um, we want to get out there and, and, and get, give you all this information. And remember, 
as I said, I'll say it when we'll get advice early. Um, time limits apply in employment law matters and it's important to get advice as, as soon as you feel like there's an issue. Excellent. And I'd also like to remind everybody that if they would like to request a CLE from the employment law team, they can email us to CLE at legalaid.nsw.gov.au and we will make sure that goes straight to the employment law team. We will, as always, have links to everything in our show notes, including the link to a full transcript, as well as any resources and websites that were mentioned in the podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody, and goodbye.